0: Hello, and welcome to the Make Money and Stick It to the Man podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. And I don't know what the opposite of a hot streak is, uh, a cold streak, I suppose, but you join me uh, on a cold streak. <laughs> anyway, today I wanted to talk about the impossible situation in which energy and metals producers find themselves and why that's bad news for the rest of us. Because I see an industry caught between a rock and a hard place and if I get a bit ranty I apologise but this impossible situation makes me get a little frothy at the mouth because it's in large part so unnecessary, not the making of the industries themselves but the making of dumb government policy. And we'll start with supply chains. First, they were disrupted by COVID-19, or rather the reaction of governments around the world to COVID-19. Then the Ukraine war. Then more lockdowns in China, and supply chains are still not working as they should. And you don't need me to tell you that delays cost money. If you imagine a workforce ready to go, being paid, but without the right equipment to get started... Uh, that's a pretty common occurrence across resource, natural resource companies. Main, money's draining out of one side and nothing's in and coming in on the other. And it's very punishing where capital's tight and, boy, is capital tight in mining. Then there is, as we all know, the dramatic inflation in input costs, especially energy. Budgets to production are going up, up and up. And money's also tight because of lack of investment, and this lack of investment takes many forms. First, there is under-investment from outside. ESG guidelines determine where many fund managers allocate capital. Oil, gas and mining, for obvious reasons, tend not to score well on ESG, so capital isn't allocated there and the industry is starved of funds. What's so hypocritical is that ESG demands and the decarbonised future it wants, require enormous amounts of the very products that its investment guidelines steer it away from. Metals. Copper, tin, silver, lithium, cobalt, palladium, platinum, nickel, manganese, rare earths, the list goes on. They're all essential to a low carbon future, but how are they to be produced without investment? And then there's the fact that vast amounts of carbon must be burnt to achieve decarbonisation and yet oil and gas have also suffered from lack of investment. It's one of the reasons prices are now so high, lack of new supply. Yet instead, the companies involved are accused of ramping up the price and profiteering. There's also a lack of investment from within. The industry still has memories of 2013, 2014, 2015, when mining in particular had, as metals analyst Nicholas Snowden of Goldman Sachs puts it, a near-death experience. The collapse in the oil price decimated energy too. And this near-death experience followed the bonanza of the noughties when it seemed that energy and metals prices could only go higher, driven first by China's seemingly insatiable appetite for natural resources and then the money printing post-2008, during which the US exported incredible amounts of inflation. But those soaring prices suddenly came to a halt, supply met demand, prices collapsed, and with them... The oil, gas and mining industries. Many companies went under, people lost their jobs, their livelihoods. Worse still, those who work in the mining industry tend to have a habit of investing in mines too, so their investments went down the swanee as well. And as a result, there is internalised trauma, Snowden's words again, and it is now uber-cautious. Nobody wants to be the stupid guy who blows fortunes on projects that prove uneconomic. So despite all the energies... The shortages in energy and metals that we keep reading about, the industry is still cautious and it's probably a sensible mental space to be in, given everything that's going on in the world. Rising commodities prices, especially those of oil and gas, may largely be down to 10 years of underinvestment, yet still the industry is reluctant to go all in and can you blame it? Look what's happening in markets across the board. We've got a spiralling US dollar, crashing bonds, equities. Money is tight. Even the UK housing market looks dodgy. And the next asset class that now looks like it's puking is, despite everything, oil. And policymakers probably would welcome that. I was listening to a debate on Bloomberg last week. And between, it was someone from the US government and someone from the US oil and gas industry, and the former was demanding that oil companies reinvest their profits in the ground in exploration so that production can be increased and the load on the US consumer lightened, and the latter was arguing that profits should be returned to investors in the form of dividends, as that's why they invested in the first place. The former then basically said, if you don't reinvest your profits in the ground of your own accord, we are going to force you to do it by government mandate. It's hardly going to entice further investment. And if companies are forced to put their profits back into the ground and the price of the underlying commodity collapses, what then? That's what the industry's so terrified of, so it tries to find a balance between reinvestment and rewards to existing investors. And in any case, why should they reinvest capital when governments have said they want an end to fossil fuels? What's the point? And this leads, in a tangential manner, to the talent issue. Few people desire the aggro of working in such difficult industries when you could go and work in tech and earn more. Lack of talent leads to further delays. You can't get the people you need to build what you need them to build until next year or whenever they're next available. And by the way, their fees are three times higher than they were three years ago as well. And let's say a company finally manages to navigate all of this and produce an essential commodity commodity, with the high price it's now charging, it's accused of profiteering, so a windfall tax is levied. Even the US is now talking about windfall taxes on oil and gas. And windfall taxes, by the way, will not make oil and gas cheaper for consumers. They'll just make companies even more reluctant to invest and lead to further supply shortages. No wonder talent and investment go elsewhere. And then there's permitting. Another hurdle. Look at the arguments in the UK about fracking. It's an obvious problem-solver, but it's toxic. Any money put towards that is just going on legal bunfights, culture war and politics. Where's the return? Nuclear is another obvious solution, but look at the opposition. Look at the regulation. Look at the build times for nuclear reactors. We'll all be six foot under by the time it's done. Why risk capital in that? And this means you're better off buying the metal itself and stockpiling that in anticipation of higher prices. And that's just the equivalent of land banking. Buy uranium of base metal exchange-trained funds, but that just means yet more metal is kept off market and prices go higher still. Cheaper energy and metals would mean lower inflation, but regulation, permitting and the ensuing arguments only push costs up by delay and by process. Now, I can see price collapses coming with this broader correction in equity markets. We're already seeing them. We've already seen them. And then investment drying up together. But I can also see soaring prices and life getting very expensive for ordinary consumers. Capital preservation is everything. And yet, you're preserving capital that's losing a, you know, 10% a year to inflation. So the natural resources industry is caught between a rock and a hard place. And unfortunately... That rather implies that the rest of us too. The rest of us are too. Thank you very much for listening, and um, please, uh, you know, keep on listening. Um, I'm delighted with the success this Substack seems to be having, and how much people like it. And um, yeah, tell your friends, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye.